from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, I'm Jordan Lee. And I'm Piet Levy, music writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Every week we talk about music coming into Milwaukee and the music coming out of Milwaukee. This is Tapped In. Hello, Piet. How are you, my friend? Great, Jordan. I finally recovered from Summerfest. I actually slept a couple days. Wow. Which was very nice. Good for you. Yes, but we're not done talking about Summerfest for all the people <laughs> who don't like hearing about Summerfest. We're talking about some more. Yeah, don't get it twisted. The Henry Meyer Festival grounds will still have plenty of great festivities. You know, you still got Irish Fest to look forward to. You still got, I mean, just a long list of great things coming up. But right now, we want to actually go backwards because uh, two marquee festivals had very different attendance results this year on the festival grounds. Yeah. We're going to compare Pride Fest to Summerfest. Now, I know this is comparing an apple to a basket of apples yeah. as far as okay, the sure. amount of volume here, right. but there is a story behind these numbers, and we want to dig into it. Let's start with Pride Fest. Highest attendance ever. Yes, the highest attendance that they've ever had. You know, two years ago, or 2017, yeah, two years ago, they had like a really big leap that year, uh, and that was their 30th anniversary, and they had like 37,000 people, something like that. It was like a 13% drop, uh, jump. This year, they had 45,787 people, um, which is the highest that they've ever had, um, and uh, it was about a 1% increase from last year. What I think is really interesting about this is that in terms of star power, it was definitely the weakest star yes, power agreed. lineup Pride Fest has ever had. You know, I'm used to seeing kind of big marquee names of the festival this year the biggest name was probably like kim petrus i guess um you know, <laughs> with a question mark yeah uh <laughs> and there's a lot of local stuff so despite that despite the uh, what appears to be a pretty big drop in their budget they still had a great success now let's look at Summerfest, the world's largest music festival of course uh, had its lowest attendance since 1986 yeah so they reported a six percent decline in attendance from last year last year we reported that was their lowest attendance since at least 1993 yes um but this is the lowest since 86, which I think uh, it was the year that they put in turnstiles. Mm. So probably the most so the accurate numbers. measurements yep. are from 86. Yep. Also remember, 86 was the year before the amphitheater even opened. Good point. They opened in 87. Oh. Um, so they had they reported 718,144 people in attendance. Uh, they, they said things like, you know, there wasn't a July 4th amphitheater show. Yep, we knew about that. It was supposed that. to be Megadeth, but then Dave Mustaine was diagnosed with cancer. Right. And before that was supposed to be Ozzy, right. who then also, for health reasons, didn't Right, and that road. show was basically sold out, I'd heard. Right. Um, so that definitely obviously had a major hit. There were some storms that rolled through. Yeah, nasty definitely, ones. Yeah, it definitely impacted um, the attendance for sure, but it also impacted um, set times uh, on a couple of days. Uh, that said, you know, they've been around for ages, and there's always been kind of weather issues and things like that. For this low to be happening, I don't think those are the main reasons mm. or the only reasons. Well, let's dig deeper into those numbers. Coming up next on Tapped In, we're going to talk about uh, other factors that happened and then some of our theories of why attendance was so good for Pride Fest this year and so poor for Summerfest. That's coming up next on Tapped In. Stay tuned. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 Pride. 88.9's new podcast series, Backspin, the search for Milwaukee's first hip-hop song is now available everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and at RadioMilwaukee.org slash Backspin. Stream all six episodes now. We are back. It's Tapped In. I'm in studio every week with Piet Levy from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. If you don't know by now, I'm Jordan Lee from 88.9. Piet and I, we love nerding out on this stuff. This is what we do professionally, so it's always fun for us to get into these uh, numbers and facts and figures here. And, uh, you know, these these facts and figures this year are pretty... Uh, 
I think there's a story, and I want to get into the into the numbers a little bit more. So, Summerfest lowest attendance since 1986. We touched on some of the obvious factors: the Fourth of July lack of a headliner in the Marcus Amphitheater. That's a lot of bodies that might just say, "I'm not going at all today." Well, yes and no. So, I think if Ozzy Osbourne had been there, yep. we, maybe possibly the attendance may still have been down from last year, which was again the lowest since '93 yep. last year. Because that show is basically sold out, and Ozzy Osbourne canceled in April. They had to scramble. They got Megadeth, yep. you know, good, a really good, solid hard rock bill. Uh, but they even they even accounted in their press release, which, by the way, they sent at five thirty on a Friday, which is not when you send out press releases if you want news to get out. Dun, dun, also, dun. also, also, the president was in town, so there was a lot of other things kind of going on. It's like, oh, by the way, we had low attendance. Psst, uh, psst, psst, yeah, um, but they even they they said that they projected it would have been like seven hundred thirty three thousand or something like that. Sure, so still but it been, still would have yeah. been lower than yeah. last year. Right. So we should just flag that. Okay, so let's. Okay, there's one point now. Weather there they they had to like. Get people off the grounds at one point because the 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 thunder and lightning was so scary and like it was like please if you don't need to be here take shelter kind of like lightning and thunder, but yeah I mean it it you know I was there basically all the days there were two days where there where the weather kind of impacted things in the afternoon one was the throwback Thursday day which yep. is usually yep. does pretty well I mean it certainly had an impact um, and sets were either abbreviated and they had to be and short like, yep. and sooner than they were planned or some sets started like you know hours later um, you know all that said though you know we're talking about you know decades of summerfest weather issues um and they talked about how i think in their press release said something like there were storm warnings on four different afternoons is which is when people think about when they want to go or not and sure. i think it had an impact certainly but should it have had the impact that it had where it's the lowest attendance since 1986 no. You're right, because there was rain in the 90s. Yeah. There was rain in the O's. It's true. There's probably snow at one of those. <laughs> Might have been. Might have been. <laughs> Horrible heat strokes, all sorts of things. All yeah, that stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. So you can't, yes, it had a factor, but there's something more going on beyond the lack of a July 4th amp show and the and the weather issues to, to make this attendance be so low compared to previous All right, years. so let's see if this theory sticks to the wall. Festival fatigue. Are we at a point where the offerings, with this podcast, we have discussed a lot of cool festivals in Wisconsin. Wisconsin alone that you can go to. You can spend your money on live music somewhere else. Do we think that's a factor, a contributing issue here with Summerfest attendance? I think a lot of festivals are suffering from festival fatigue everywhere. Um, you know, I think some that aren't are, are few and far between. Like sure. Coachella is still doing quite strong. Bonnaroo has kind of bounced back yep. after kind of yeah. getting more in touch with their roots. Yep. And they've done a lot of investment in their campgrounds, yep. uh, which has made that festival, which had a, a really low year a couple years ago, had a great year this year. Um, but look at Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza yep. in Chicago is hands down one of the premier music festivals in the world definitely has one of the strongest brands in the mm -hmm. world maybe second to Coachella Agreed. at this point um, last year it took like eight days for their four day passes to sell out yeah. which was pretty remarkable because the year before it was like a few hours yep. year before that was like 45 minutes yes. a couple of years it was like before they even announced the lineup yeah they had like out. a <laughs> yeah. yes, I remember I, that one okay so <laughs> okay bear that in mind so last year's eight days which mm -hmm. was pretty interesting this year tickets are still available yeah. So I mean, Lollapalooza is in a couple weeks. Yeah. And you can still get four day passes. Yeah. That's really remarkable. That is a dramatic mm -hmm. slowdown. Okay. And if that's impacting Lollapalooza, yeah, I think it's definitely a factor here with Summerfest. All right. Well, let's go. Okay. Now let's let's pivot over to, to Pride Fest. Again, we're comparing an entire bushel of fruit to one apple. I mean, Pride Fest is a much smaller footprint from a 
entertainment perspective, I mean, there's only so many stages that are activated. There's only so many headliners. So yes, we, we'll put that into account. But we're not comparing numbers. We're comparing percentage increase and decrease. So Pride Fest has a 1% increase, where Summerfest has a 6% decrease. So that is more of an apple to apple comparison. Mm -hmm. I feel good about uh, putting that and, and comparing it. So what do you think are factors that are contributing to Pride Fest doing so much better, considering, again, we had no real notable, there wasn't like an Adam Lambert headliner. There wasn't, right. a, you know, there there wasn't a RuPaul drag show national celebrity that was no. like, whoa, my mom wants to go see that. It wasn't right. like that this year. Yeah, I mean, in the last few years, I remember like Sarah Silverman was there. Right. I remember uh, they had... Uh, um, uh, you know, just lots of big names, uh, and they just didn't really have that this right. year. So it's pretty remarkable they didn't have that, and they still had the attendance growth. I think with Pride Fest, you're not going for the music, really. I mean, you are, but you're going for the community, the celebrating mm -hmm. of community, the celebrating mm -hmm. of, of culture. Yes, um, we're in these times where I think there's just more um, outspokenness about LGBTQ issues. Yep. Um, where you know, there's been some, there's been tragedies, there's been you know, controversies, there's been an uproar. Yeah. Uh, in the in the political world, but there's uh, also been successes. And Successes. And, and stories of hope and stories of real like uh, uh, achievement as well. Absolutely, which I think are really critical and important to, to have out there. And I think there's just been more support and yes. rallying around these issues, no matter what your orientation yes. is, no matter what your age, what you know, your background, whatever. There's been more of that. I mean, I think looking around just at Pride Month this month, it was just the most. Uh, visible Pride Month, yeah. I think we've ever seen dramatically from last year. Just in terms of you know commerce getting behind it and everyone kind of getting behind, it. there's just so much more Pride support. Target had a huge display when I went in during Pride Month of yeah. just it was just like I don't know it was like different cosmetic products or whatever, but like but it was all just like it said Pride in a big rainbow flag right yeah. smack dab in the middle of the store. I had never seen that. Before. Yeah, I saw that at, you know going through the mall like different store, all sorts of different stores, children's clothing stores yeah. and everything. There's just there's just so much more support around. Around mm -hmm. Pride in general, and I think that kind of has a ripple effect in terms of you know Pride Fest, and Pride Fest itself has been around for over thirty years, and there's just a lot of community support around them anyway. So I think that not only has there been support there in the mm -hmm. past and a lot of attendance in the past, add the the growth of support around this kind of these kinds of issues, yes. it helps the event grow too, and also uh, you know it helps the timing I think of when the festival is too. I mean it was kind of a chilly weekend, but there weren't it storms. Was. It was actually it wasn't kind of chilly. It was cold. Okay, it was cold. You had to wear a sweatshirt. To okay, be you had there. to wear a sweatshirt. <laughs> but at the same time, too, people are just like excited to like get out and celebrate summer. Pride Fest being at the very beginning of summer, I think, kind of helps. So even if it was cold, people want to do something. Sure. They're ready. You know, they're not going to, who cares if it's, you know, I have to wear like a, a hoodie. I need to get out there and get start to kick off it. summer. Because yep, yep, yep. we only have a limited amount of time to really celebrate the season in Milwaukee. Okay. So here's the last question that I have that we should debate. Is there a lesson from the Pride Fest playbook that Summerfest can adopt? Because I observe as a Milwaukeean who's been to Summerfest, I'm going to say every summer of my life, maybe with the exception of my toddler years. I mean, I have pictures of me at in like maybe kindergarten yeah. at Summerfest getting a temporary tattoo on my cheek. Like <laughs> I've been there every year. Yeah. Um, I feel like the pride, the civic like hang a flag from your house Summerfest pride that used to exist here in the 80s and 90s has washed away. I feel like it exists in the boomer generation. Mm -hmm. I see older couples who are wearing their pins and their hats and they're excited that they're at Summerfest. I don't see that from my son's generation. Yeah. They want to see Billie Eilish, but they really don't care where they see her. 
Yeah. They just want to see her. Right. So you gotta remember too, this is also I think impacted attendance this year. There were two hot millennial acts right in Summerfest's window. You had Sean Mendes at a sold out show the night before Summerfest kicked off Good point. at Pfizer Forum. Yep. Ariana Grande, her show was moved to July fifth, yep. right on that first Friday of Summerfest. I think that also had an impact too. Well, but that so then okay, there's like that's business decisions, right? Yeah. But uh at what point, again, there was things going on during Pride Fest that you could have gone to. There were concerts and events and experiences, but yet they still found a way to, again, rally folks around the the community, around the culture, around the idea of why it exists. And Summerfest's story is cool. I mean, you got to think we had this crazy mayor, right, who was like, mm-hmm. we need to get the people together. And he made really irresponsible decisions to get Summerfest <laughs> started in the first place. Right. Then we get this Nike missile site that gets turned into a festival grounds on the lake. Uh-huh. There's no story like this anywhere on the planet. Yeah, it is great. a unique music festival. And yet, I don't think a 22-year-old girl who goes to Summerfest knows or cares about any of that. Yeah, That's my observation. Yeah, And I also wonder, is there an opportunity there for people to be like, I'm excited to go to Summerfest, period. It doesn't matter that Megadeth canceled. Yeah, no, those are all really valid points. I think a major issue besides festival saturation is the core audience for Summerfest has been for a long time boomers. Yeah. I think boomers are aging out of Summerfest. Yeah. You know, especially if you had like this brand new arena with a ton of boomer friendly acts that came this year. I wouldn't be surprised if our boomers were like, you know, I'm going to do the new arena show. I'm going to go see Fleetwood Mac. I'm going to skip Summerfest this yep. year. Or uh, even if you want to take into account the, the, the Bucks and the Brewers that were doing so hot, a lot of people might be going to see that. And you, there's only so much you can spend, really. Of course. You know, and boomers have the pocketbooks. Millennials still don't have the pocketbooks. Last year was a very millennial friendly lineup in the amphitheater Mm -hmm. still pretty low because no that's expensive those amphitheater ticket prices have gone up um, because they're going up everywhere and if you're a millennial you can't really spend money to go see the weekend and j cole and imagine dragons and halsey you just can't really do that um so i think that's an issue too well here's my question though summerfest is a nonprofit organization summerfest is a festival again created for the people by the city at what point does what you just discussed need to maybe pivot towards a bigger picture goal of uh, togetherness, community building, uh, uh, and and wins for a- attendance, ultimately maybe being the metric that is the success story, not necessarily saying like, we got the most marquee act and we sold the highest ticket price with the most, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just wonder, I, I don't have, I have the luxury, I don't sit there at the offices, I don't have to make these decisions, and right. anyone who works at Summerfest is listening to this podcast, you know, please send me an email so I could better understand, like, what is your success metric? What yeah. is ultimately the win? Because you put out these press releases talking about this metric wasn't successful, but what was? Did you have more of, you know, I, I'm just very curious to know, like, in a city that needs to get together, in, in a place that is, you know, again, I, I have the luxury of being a part of a brand that uses music to get people together. Yeah. Pride Fest got a lot of people together and they had some pretty mediocre music. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're just not big marquee. Uh, and local. Things. Yeah. And that's also not a stab at anybody who no, played at it. It right, was good. Right, right. But I mean, they did not have they didn't, pink. They didn't, they didn't market it on, on the music specifically on, <laughs> right. you know, star power. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, you know, I think that, you know, I should mention too in their press release, Summerfest emphasized they still made a profit this year. Sure. I think they're not going to make their projected uh, profit that they had in store, right. but they still made one. I don't think Summerfest is necessarily going away. No, but I th- but no I think, not by, <laughs> by hey, any means. No, no, no. It's going to take a, it would be a 
long if if Summerfest were to go away, it's a long and slow day. Yes. <laughs> and I think they're gonna I think next year, I think honestly they will have an attendance jump next year with the new amphitheater. I think they'll put a lot of uh, mileage into booking that There's thing. There's gonna be the Pfizer effect at that yes, new amphitheater. Absolutely. absolutely. So I think that'll also help things too. Um but you know, I think what's gonna be a big challenge for them is is the marketing. You know, it's it's been around for ages. You you just the marketing, I think, is still has improved, and there's mm-hmm. been more kind of like youth-oriented marketing, more kind of, uh, I don't know if hip's the right word, but a little bit more kind of social media-friendly yes. kind of marketing in terms of like on Facebook and Instagram and things, and some videos have been cut that make it seem a little more hipper than probably kids realize, and, um, <laughs> you know, but there's still a lot of, uh, I think there's still a lot of brand equity being put in just the smiley logo face, and I think, you know, and there's still a lot of just, this is the world's largest music festival. I don't know if the value proposition of the world's largest music festival and the smiley face matters to to, to the kids. Yeah, yeah. I really don't know if it, if it does. I think it's, you know, it they got to maybe try to pivot to really talk about the experience of it. You know, I think what they have there is a festival unlike any other that's, you know, a lot of value for the buck, even if it is a little bit expensive. I think Absolutely. that needs to be, the, you know, the something for everyone effect or, you know, what about the urban experience? I mean, you said yeah. about Lollapalooza. The, the the Chicago skyline is an iconic part of the Lollapalooza experience. Yes. And it is marketed as such. Their right. posters will feature the Chicago skyline and that's, on it. And they've spent like 100, um, you know, like what, 50 million, 160 million on improvements on the grounds. Right. If there's a way to kind of integrate that, this yes. is this is a best, you know, this is a better festival experience in terms of the amenities than like pretty much any other. Wait, you don't want to go in the desert and be covered in dust and, and not have to wait in line for a Water. You don't want to do that, no, as, no. A, as and, a father, and, and Lala, as an old right? Man. And, well, and even as a kid, and Lollapalooza, Lollapalooza is very uncomfortable too. Yeah, and yeah. You've got the skyline, which is great, but it's just not very right. like pleasant. Right. And here it is. Like it is. I mean, it, you know, it's right on the lake. It's you it's, can get some shade. You can yeah. use a toilet that's not an actual a toilet as, as opposed to a porta potty. <laughs> There's a lot of things that they have that are really valuable yeah. that I think they need to somehow shift the marketing away from. There's a smiley face logo. We're the largest. Right. We, you got, know, and we got Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, I think they need to shift away from that and yeah. really kind of emphasize this is an experience here. This is like the, the best kept music secret in the world mm. is here in our backyard in Milwaukee because you can like go see anything for a pretty great price. Right. Uh, you can go see Lizzo for cheaper than if, if Lizzo right. just played headline right. at Riverside Theater. You know, and there's just a lot of value in what the festival offers and they need to do a better job of kind of marketing that value. Yeah, so we'll just have to see what the future holds. Uh, well, only time will tell. And we thank you for taking the time with us because every week Piet and I get together and this is what we do. We sit in the studio and we nerd out about music coming into the city, music coming out of the city. And uh, there's no doubt one of the biggest times that happens is here during the summer. So we appreciate what you've done and stayed with us. But of course, you know, stay with us all year round. If you don't subscribe to the podcast, this is the time. Click subscribe. Leave us a, you know, a comment. Tell us what you think. Uh, Give us a rating. I think we're doing a a four to five star job. That's my opinion. But you tell us what you think. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to all the people. I posted the question on on Facebook about, like, what do you think about this? And I got so many different kinds of responses. It's just really fascinating and interesting to to kind of read all of that. So thank you very much for everyone that does pay attention and and communicates with us and helps us kind of really get a good perspective on this Mm -hmm. stuff. Tapped In is produced by Kenny Perez. Our handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from you, our members. We thank you again. We invite you to subscribe. We invite you to uh, check out Radio Milwaukee's other podcasts. And don't forget to check out Backspin, our new search for Milwaukee's first hip-hop song. It's anywhere you listen to podcasts. This is Jordan signing off. Piet, I'll see you next time. See you next time. Peace.